Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle Rarden. Heartlifters, heartlifters. Oh, we have the remarkable Becky Murray back with us. And I know that you remember Becky. We were inspired to say yes to God. And I think we're going to be inspired to say yes to God again today. So Becky, welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome home. So lovely to return again. So it's nice to have a familiar face. So really, really lovely to be back. We all loved your embrace, you know, embrace the journey story. Definitely. I, I never stopped thinking about it actually. And my, that's really honest in my day-to-day life. You know, it is a million ways that we're all called to do different things, but we are all called to say yes to God. Absolutely. And sometimes it's a, a more demanding yes. Sometimes we don't know what's inside the yes. <laughs> and it can be scary. Is there anywhere in your life that you have had to say yes to God of late? I'm just so curious. Yeah. So literally just last week, I returned back from Pakistan. And um, Pakistan wasn't ever a nation I even thought I'd be doing a long-term project in. Um but sure enough, over time, God's opened up Pakistan more and more to us, which is an incredible honor. Wow. Um, but as of late, so obviously Pakistan borders with Afghanistan, and we've all been watching the news of what's going on out in Afghanistan right now. So even just last week, uh, I was on the border. And um, I mean, wow. even that was just interesting. We drove past where bin Laden's hideout was. And the house has now been knocked down, so it's just a field now. Mm. But to be in these type of areas is just crazy. So sometimes the yeses to Jesus will take you to the craziest. I can only imagine. His promises is that he's right there with us. And and so it's an honor to work in these places. So we're now working with several Afghan refugee families that we're helping to rehouse and accommodate and help them get back on their feet because they've literally had everything taken from them by the Taliban. Um, And so the yeses can get interesting. (laughs) Uh, If I'm brutally honest, I wouldn't have life any other way. I'm not made for a nine, five regular. Get me to the Afghan border. That's where I come alive. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I get it so oddly. I really do. Are you ever shaking in the knees or ever nervous at all okay okay good your face is showing it all (laughs) okay i feel better absolutely so i had to wear like all the local clothing all that on your instagram through there was a couple of border moments where my heart was in my throat of okay jesus help us slip through so i work with local people and so my my staff i have 26 staff in pakistan and so i read that i wanted to stop you and give a praise 26 27 in three years yes yes 26 people over the last three years so that's amazing they are the real heroes of the stories behind what one by one does because they're the ones day in day out 
in those type of places. Um, so yeah, so they were at the front of the car, in the back, wearing the clothing. And so as long as I keep this mouth shut and don't reveal this very strong British accent, yeah. I'm able to get through with the long Wow. 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 Reminds me of the story of Amy Carmichael, right? Back when, I don't know if you, uh, do you know who Amy Carmichael? Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, her brown eyes, her tea bags. Yeah, I called my mom. I telephoned my mom and I was like, mom, it's so good that I've got brown eyes. Because actually as a little girl, I used to want a different color eye. Like, uh, isn't that something? God is so in the details of every part of our lives. He is. And with my bright red hair, it's very interesting. So (laughs) (laughs) if you're called to Ireland, Oh, that would be, that would be interesting and awesome. I feel it. I can feel that call. Yes. It's awesome. I just remember going to Haiti though. And it was like, Whoa, everybody was just really on me. Like it was, it was fun. It was fun. So Pakistan. Yes. And I'm so curious just to know, because I know a lot of um, our community was like, how does she do this? You know, how on earth do you get 26 Pakistanis or 26 people on a staff in Pakistan and manage that and have a husband and a son and other ministries? That's just one. You know, I am curious. I just wonder how is that um, one at a time or... Yeah. yeah, so it, it's the beauty of teamwork. If, if everything mm. hinged on me, we'd all be in big trouble. But <laughs> the beauty of teamwork is it's not just my yes to God, but for example, my director in Pakistan, he also had to say yes to God. And so working with people like him, we've been able to then employ like house mothers in our safe house and uh, uh, security guards and cooks and all those type of people, as well as we do a Sunday school outreach program across 50 different brick factories. And so we then have a supervisor team over the different teams there as well. And so together, it's a lot of hard work, but as long as everybody fulfills their yes, then we all work together in a beautiful way to see God do what only he can do, really. Which is so the picture of the community of Christ, isn't it? The body of Christ, body. you know, Absolutely. every, every single part is essential. We Absolutely. can't, really we can't. Yeah. And so um, I love that you're the head, but the toes are also very in the mouth and oh, the ears absolutely. and yeah, the arms. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Uh, last time, Becky, we shared about your husband, I think before we recorded, but he has an incredible, miraculous story. And I would love for you to share that story. I I said before we came on, you know, that I think we all need a huge vaccination of miracles and power and uh, belief that good can come from really dark, dark places. And you shine your light on that in a beautiful way for us because you go into dark places. And so our dark places, everyone's would look different. And, but we are all called to reflect the light of Christ into that dark. And so I would love for you to share, do you call him Matthew or Matt or. Well, he's, he goes by both. I call him Matt. I think he actually prefers Matthew. So, (laughs) Matthew, but to me is Matt. Um, Okay. But yes, yeah, so we went out to, we obviously were in another home. We've got our work in Pakistan, but we've got another home, which was our first ever home. And that's been running for nine years now. And that's out in Kenya. Uh, but the part of Kenya we're in is incredibly 
wearing my Kenyan coin for you today. <laughs> I just got to put into a necklace and I love it for my birthday. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> So the, the area we're in is, is extremely remote. We fly into Nairobi, but then from there, we take another flight to a smaller airport called Kasumu. And then from there, it's still another two, sometimes three, depending on the roads, our drive to where we are. And so you always know you're close when we have no more concrete. You call it concrete in the US? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's good. I've just done a check-in. A road. I asked, how are you keeping? <laughs> how are you keeping? Before we started, Becky's, how are you keeping? I'm like, oh, I don't know, but I like it. I think I'm keeping well. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on. How are you keeping? I love it. But, um, but yeah, so we, you stop the tarmac road, the concrete or the, the you know. Asphalt the here, right. The dirt track all the way to my home. And so we're surrounded by mud hut. I mean, it's beautiful. It's what I call the real Africa, not uh, the fake stuff. The yes. real Africa. It's beautiful. It's glorious. Um, but the, our particular area is rife for malaria. And so uh, um, mm. the, the malaria rates are incredibly high. It's, there's different strains of malaria, but certainly the type in our village is the type that, that can kill and often does and so even in our home, we've lost children um, oh. to malaria before, which is just devastating. Mm. Um, so we were there in 2014. We go incredibly regularly out there. And we just done our September trip, September 2014. And um, funnily enough, we'd not noticed many mosquitoes on that particular trip. Mm. Um, but we came back to England, literally changed out the case from our American case to our Western type clothes. And then flew straight out to the US where we were doing a big fundraiser for our secondary school at that point. And so we'd arrived in America. We'd spoken a few different churches. And after about a week or so, Matthew suddenly started to feel unwell with like headache and fever. Well, I just presumed he got like a a bad cold or a tiny bit of flu. You know, like man flu is always worse for men. And, right. yes. <laughs> and I thought it was that. I'm like, right. oh, just take a Tylenol. Come on, you'll be fine. We've got so much to do. With our schedule was intense. So I'm yes, like, Let's I take bet. Time, and, time to be um, sick. <laughs> exactly. We don't have time for, no time for you to be sick. No people to see. <laughs> and um, by this point of the trip, we were actually in Alabama. And we were staying with some friends of ours and we'd scheduled to do this big banquet ready for the high school that we were building. And by this point, Matthew had become sicker and sicker and sicker. And so all the colour drained from his face. He wasn't able to get out of bed. I mean, it was becoming quite serious. So we took him to the doctor and um, the doctor did some tests. And I still remember his face of... I've rang the hospital and got you a bed already. You need to go straight through now. So all of a sudden, bearing in mind, I'm thinking he's got a bit of man flu. All of a sudden, I'm driving to the hospital thinking, oh, "Oh, dear, whoops. I underestimated this. And so I dropped him off and then, like, made my way through the parking lot trying to find a place to pull up. (sighs) This time I walked with with ground in him. And unbeknownst to me, as soon as he'd walked through the door, he'd just totally collapsed. <gasps> now, oh, unfortunately goodness. for us, 
timing of this was when Ebola was all over the news. Oh, so I think no. Just a few before, yes. So just a few weeks before we arrived in the ER, someone I think had arrived in Texas with Ebola. Yes. So like everyone's on the high alert, panicking. And so the doctors say to me and Matt, you've not just been in Africa, have you? Now, the oh. part of Africa where is completely like miles and miles apart from where the Ebola outbreak was. It's literally the opposite side of Africa. Okay. Um, but still, we had just been in Africa. He was showing some of the symptoms that are familiar with people who do have Ebola. And so everyone just went into panic. panic. He got put into isolation. You had to wear a whole spacesuit to walk in his room. I mean, oh, no. it was just crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway. Was Josiah so, with you? Was your son with you at this point? He was. Yes. And he was only three at the time. Three. As well. so oh, just gosh. What was going on at all around him? Um, so mm. Matthew got rushed into isolation. And then from there, he went from isolation and got moved into the ICU. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's currently always under quarantine because they are still they send off his samples to the cdc but it takes Mm -hmm. a little while to get the results back but in the meantime they'd also found out he did have malaria so again i think i'm i'm a best case scenario type person i'm quite Uh optimistic in my work you would have to be (laughs) well exactly you would have to be (laughs) because many of my kids get malaria where we are I remember saying to Matthew, okay, well, just a few days on IV medications, the anti-malarial drugs. After a few days, you'll be fine because my kids are fine. That's often the scenario. Obviously, we yeah. have lost some to malaria, but commonly, yes, 99% cover and are fine within a few days. Okay. Sadly, that wasn't the journey for Matthew. Wow. Um, so his heart, his lungs, his liver, and his kidneys all went into organ failure. Oh, dear Lord. And so mm. I remember the day, the D-Day, as I call it, mm-hmm. when they took me into the side room. It was the 4th of October at <sighs> the side room. And they said, we just had his latest pathology results back. Now, malaria is classed as severe if you have five percent of the parasites in your red blood cells oh. and that the day before had been at 20 percent oh dear so they told me at that point his life was it's you just know, lingering mm-hmm. um, but on the next day they took me into a side room and they said we've had the latest pathology he's now at 50 percent oh my speaking, you don't come back from that Oh, Becky. Um, oh, my goodness. Wow, that moment. This is brutal. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm a nurse by background. And so I kind of have two heads. I have my nursing head, but I also have my faith head. Yes. And the two were not correlating yes. at all. No. Um, but speaking, once your blood is half overtaken by a parasite, it's now multiplying at such a rapid rate. Sure. You don't no way of bringing that background oh my goodness so they said i'm really sorry to tell you but we've stopped all the treatment and we're now just going to give him pain relief until oh. he passes oh You're looking at two maybe three hours left to live oh my goodness what on earth 
what on earth happened in your heart there? Uh, I, I would love to say I was full of faith saying, no, no that's not the case. But if I no, honest, um, thank you. I, I went into shock a little bit because yeah. here was my 27-year-old husband who was fit and healthy and strong. And, you know, he, he's and your perfect mate, person. like your um, exactly yeah like your perfect mate for your calling right absolutely the the plans and purposes of god were over our lives together yep and and so i just remember being so shocked by this and Mm -hmm. so i remember in this epic moment of when i could have showed faith what i really did i held on to a trash can and i just sat wrenching into this trash can just yeah, yeah. utter shock despair mm-hmm. and disbelief I, I just couldn't quite take it in I don't know how you wrap your head around that two, right I had two precious friends with me oh you did that was my next question were you alone okay well thankfully my two friends all our family were obviously back in the UK yeah um, but the two friends that we were staying with we should have been at their house for I think three nights I mean it'd been there three weeks or something wow um, wow she just sat and put her arms around me and just gently began to pray in the Holy Spirit. Oh. Meanwhile, he got up in the doctor's faces and he's like, don't you quit on my friend. Is there another hospital we can transfer it to? Maybe wow. a hospital in Alabama. And he was like going into like fight mode of- Advocate, yes. Advocate, yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, I said nothing. I just wrenched into just a wrenching. trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really useful. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I get really passionate about no, this. No, you so go I ahead. Just keep talking, Phil. I'm going to be quiet. You go. No, no. <laughs> so I remember two things went off in the side room. The first one was the doctor who had just told me Matthew had three hours left to live. She then said to me, you've got a little boy who calls you mummy. He's already lost his daddy. She was already now at this point speaking about Matt in the past tense. He's already lost his daddy. Oh, my. You cannot go back to Africa. And they were her very strong, strict words. And with tears streaming down my face, I remember saying, but you don't understand. At that point, I think we had 100, maybe 150 kids at that point. I remember saying, but you don't understand. I've also got 100 to 150 kids out there who call me mummy and call him daddy. How can we not go back? And I guess the thing with the promises of God is we don't get the choice to just lay it down when life's difficult. We either say yes or we don't. And those yeses sometimes take it to the Afghan border, as we said before, but Mm -hmm. other times those yeses mean digging in even in the face of ill health, even in the face of lack of finances, even in the face of when life is incredibly difficult and challenging, yeah. saying yes, nonetheless. Yes. And it's a case of, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they say God will deliver us, but even if not, yes. well, it was an even if not moment of God will bring right. me through, but even right. if not, I will go back to Africa because this is my home and this is my call and my purpose. This is my yes cry to God. Even Um, if So that was the first thing in this room. But then Mm -hmm. the second thing of being in this little room, wrenching into my trash can, was I was determined that in Matthew's final minutes on this earth, 
I wasn't going to be hysterical in his room, that mm. I was going to go and sit with him and be calm and peaceful so he can pass peacefully into eternity. Wow. And so I was trying to pull myself together as best yeah. as you possibly can in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. But I walked out of the side room. So I'd probably stayed in the side room maybe 40 minutes, maybe even close to an hour. And um, as I walked out, a nurse began to beckon me over and she got this huge smile on her face. So I remember thinking at first, she must not know what I've just been told in this side room because it wasn't a sympathy smile. It wasn't a, no. it was more of a smile. So I headed towards her and she said, Mrs. Murray, I have no idea how we explain this, but we've just took a third set of pathology results and his levels have dropped down from 50% to 10. And we've got no explanation for it. Love it. Oh my gosh. She's probably an angel. I can't explain this. And you're like, I can, I can. Yeah, absolutely. I know what's going on here. And so it was still a journey. We still had several weeks of organ after organ after organ coming around. But from that point on, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, God is with us. God will bring Matthew through. And sure enough, he did. Wow. Wow. So how long was his, I mean, first of all, first of all, I think your, your honesty and your vulnerability is so comforting that sometimes our saying yes to God means we have to wrench in a trash can and say yes and wrench more and say yes and wrench more and then go, okay, okay, I got to get it. I got to get it together. I got to pull myself up here. I've got to dig deep into the storehouse of strength that Christ has poured into my life and the miracles I've seen him do, you know, but I, I think that is so helpful. I'm sorry that you went through that for sure. Um, I can't imagine that. Um, but so often we think, I, I like to say strength has many faces. And I think that we have been misguided or um, mistaught or whatever the case that in those moments, <clears throat> we are supposed to just be heroic but heroism looks like wrenching in a trash can. That's strength. I mean, I yeah, just want, I, right? I think if you're wrenching the trash can, just don't quit. Just don't quit. <laughs> just yeah, don't quit. It's just, you know, be afraid and do it anyway. Yeah, you have to take that, you know, it's the knocking knees. It's the fear on the Afghan border. It's the, you know, that is where our strength is forged. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I know within the story of Joseph, somewhere in a different translation, it's not like in the King James, but it says through his imprisonments and things, iron was put into, was forged into his soul. And I don't know if that was um, a commentary I read back in the day or whatever, but I've never forgotten that. And it's like, it's, we always will herald the heroic but the heroic often looks like imprisonment or danger or a deathbed, you know, a hospital room. I've certainly been in a million of those myself, you know, just on the verge between heaven and earth. 
Woo. So thank you so much for, for that. And so when you heard that, what? you're now holding joy and sorrow real close. Yeah. It, it was, it was a night and day moment right there in that little moment. And as I say, his organs were still in, still in failure. They were still mm-hmm. for days and days after that telling me he will, he may die. He okay. will end up on a ventilator. He will need dialysis for the rest of his life. Oh, they wow. were still saying all these things over him. None of which are true now. Really? Um, obviously many years later, he's not seen dialysis for many <gasps> years. He's, oh. he's, strong and healthy and well but I remember there was this one golden nugget moment of a typical God moment throughout this days and days of battling Mm. and I was in the car driving so our friends had allowed me to use their car because obviously I was only supposed to be there for a couple of days and now there for several weeks and so they'd allowed me to use their car and the problem was, so normally when I travel with Matthew, he pays for everything. I mean, that's the joy of marriage, right? Yes. Yes, you lead. I'll follow in, the, in that sense. Yes. He's, he's the practical. So he's the mm. one with the wallet. And mm. I just go out and buy the lotters as and when I want. It's him. And yes. um, so several days have been passing by and I was just not thinking straight because my only focus was my husband's dying. And I remember driving and I pulled up at this traffic light and suddenly realized the fuel light, which had come on yesterday, was still flashing. Oh, dear. I I had no money with, I literally didn't have one dime with me. I had nothing. And so I'm sat at this traffic light and I'm suddenly thinking, firstly, I don't even know if I've got enough fuel to get me to the hospital. Yes. But even if so, I definitely don't have enough fuel to get back home tonight. Right. Neither do I have enough to even buy so much as a bottle of water. Like I've literally got nothing. Wow. And it was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Yeah. And so yeah. I sat at this traffic light and had an absolute meltdown with God wow. of just, mm-hmm. I can't take this. Take any more. Exactly. When I cry, I'm an ugly crier. Like uh-huh. you know, some people do the beautiful little trickle. No. I'm full like face, right? Yeah, absolutely. I can see it. I've been there. I I get it. (laughs) I remember this car pulling up at the side of me. It felt like the longest red light ever. Because the guy in the car next to me was staring at me like, oh my gosh, this girl's having a breakdown. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. my eyes out anyway mercifully the light changed and I managed to make it I arrived in the auto which in as of itself was a miracle mm-hmm. but I remember going upstairs and just thinking I'll have to deal with that later right now I just need to go and see my husband yes and so I walked onto the ICU and before they'll let you on the unit there was like this little waiting area that mm-hmm. you have to go in right. and get permission to go through the locked ICU doors so I went into this little room and the, the receptionist is calling through, can Mrs. Murray come in and see Matthew? Meanwhile, there was another lady in this side room who I've never met. I don't know her name. I can't even remember what she looks like. I remember nothing. But she came up to me and she said, I have no idea why, but I've got to give you this. And she put $50 in my hand. 
Well, it cost me $40 to fill the cart with fuel and left oh me with $10 to buy a drink and something Bottle of water to and something to eat. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Praise but God. in the moment where she put the $50 in my hand, I just heard the whisper of heaven say, I've got this. And it was a case of if God is capable of seeing my empty fuel tank and being able to fill that, then how much more so does he see my big need, which is my dying husband? Yes. And how much more so is he able to, to fix that problem? Yes. And sure mm. enough, he did. He fixed both. But it mm. was that little moment of the $50 carried me through some very dark nights of battling for Matthew. Yes. Because... And like I say, because God's so in the detail, he's in, mm-hmm. he's in the specifics, he's in the small mm-hmm. stuff as much as yeah. in the big, huge stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was what carried me through the darkest, one of the darkest times of my life, really. Wow. I think it's so phenomenal, incredible, amazing. And that's why I wanted you to share your light and your story, Becky, because God is in the details. You know, and it is such a, st- a, a, a resurrection story of faith, even, you know, yeah. I mean, you're a woman of faith. You are a woman who has seen God do miraculous things. But when it comes down to um, someone you love, your relation, a relational trauma like that, right? Nothing cuts deeper than that. Nothing cuts deeper. Yeah. And so, um it was an altar, you know, it was that ICU. I know it had to have become an altar that you, you revisited many times, you know, and, um, surrendered again and again, but I love what I love and what I want all of us to really embrace, you know, embrace Becky's journey here again, but embrace the truth that God sees. He really does. He sees us. And I think that that is what we tend to forget is that, you know, I think of Hagar all the time and because that's where we hear that he's the God who sees, right. And, you know, God bless her. She, you know, she didn't choose what happened to her in that respect. So even in, even when we don't choose what happens to us, or even when life gets, you know, when, when something like malaria strikes in a severe way, you know, it's like, here we are with COVID continuing in this pandemic. And, you know, I just want this message to ring so deeply. And everyone who's listening right now, God sees you. He sees you. You're not invisible. We're not invisible. You know, he sat at, in that, (laughs) car with you at that red light I yeah. mean it's not a breakdown as well as the guy next to me as well he saw it too but he didn't help oh he was probably afraid like oh my gosh crazy lady <laughs> but God sent the angel into the ICU I, I've been one of those angels in the ICU so I love it I love when we follow the spirit you know I I see you as I've been in a lot of them with my mom and my daughter and myself and so you know it's just like they're holy ground in many ways. And I think the people that work there also. So um, I'm so grateful that you have brought us this message today that God sees, you know, yes. and Matthew is doing well today. Give us our yes. update. 
Yeah, he's absolutely fine. He still runs for fun, which I think is a little crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, he's healthy and strong and well. But, you know, the re- redemptiveness of Christ in terms of not only did the nurses, not only did I witness Matt's miracle, but some of the nurses witnessed yeah. it, and one of whom was a backslidden lady who gave her heart to Christ after what God did in Matt. And she said, my daughter had been ill and it caused me to lose faith in Christ. But having watched your family and what you've gone through and what God has done, not what medicine's done, they stopped all the medicine, what God did, that restored her faith. And so now she's serving Christ again. And then even with the doctor who told me not to go back to Africa, years later she began to follow our journey and watching (gasps) our work in Africa and she's now one of our child sponsors. She now sponsors one of my kids in oh Kenya. Oh my gosh. And our God is so redemptive, you know, where where one of those jigsaw puzzle pieces yes. fitting into other people's life stories too. And so yes. for Stephanie, the nurse on the ICU, who's now serving Christ as a result of what God did, you know, we're a part of her jigsaw puzzle in bringing yes. her back to God. At great expense, yes. $50, they're part of my jigsaw puzzle in terms of helping me start facing me. I mm-hmm. was going for it. And provision, yeah. yeah. That God so sees. To watch God at work, you know, this tapestry mm-hmm. of God's artwork as people come together, all saying yes, just like how we started the conversation. Yes. My team in Pakistan. It's this tapestry of you need to say yes, I need to say yes. And when we all say yes, we can mm-hmm. watch the kingdom of heaven really begin to come to pass on earth. Mm. Becky, I can't. you always leave me gobsmacked. You leave me speechless. You leave me breathless and restored and renewed in my faith. And I just want to weep. I do. I just, I'm so grateful for your presence, your presence on this planet and how willing you are to serve God. Cause I, you know, I can imagine that nurse that was like, you can't go back to Africa. You know, I'm sure it, it was a mama heart. It was a, it was a, it was an honest, like you can't go back there, you know, because perhaps at that moment, she didn't see the larger picture, you know, that you're not just here for your own kingdom. You're here for the kingdom of God. And I don't think we hear that message enough, you know, that, we're not here on this planet to advance our own kingdoms. We're really here to advance the kingdom of God. And I need that reminder every day. And that my yes is no matter how small a puzzle piece that is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I know that this message is for probably everyone listening that no puzzle piece is too small. Yeah. Because the puzzle won't be finished without it. Exactly that. And the puzzle is bringing Christ in, ushering him in, ushering the kingdom of heaven back here on earth. So Becky, thank you so much. How I always want you to tell us um, what's next for you. What is the most pressing on your um, heart today that we can help support you in? Okay, so I've literally just returned from Pakistan. So I was able to go out and meet Mercy's family. I shared about Mercy on our last call together, three-year-old who'd been raped and murdered. Yes. I was able to sit with her mom um, and just pray with her, be with her. 
But as a result of what that little girl went through, we obviously doubled the size of our safe house. So within the next few weeks, I'm going to be having many new children come join us. Before Christmas, we'll have 85 kids that we have rescued out of slavery. So just prayers that that all transitions fine, that the children are able to move in because one of the tactics of the Brickmasters is to then move the children around the country, traffic mm, them basically. Yes. To prevent us from being able to move them into the safe house. Mm. So prayers for that. Um, if anybody wants to sponsor one of the new children moving in, they can do. They can find all the information out at our website, which is onebyone.net. Yep. And I'll put that all in the notes from today. And that's all on the website. And that would be the Pakistani safe house. That's very clear on there. I know. So, well, Becky, we love you. We thank you for being such an amazing heart lifter to, to all that you've been called to most importantly to Josiah, your son and Matthew, your husband, of course, so much love. You'll always, always have an invitation back and I will connect everyone with you once again, so that we can help support the, the work that you're doing and be a little, a little puzzle piece that helps accomplish that goal. Thank you. I mean, Many blessings. Thank you. Bye. So Becky, we just have to come back on because I really did want to ask you how you recovered from, cause you held the trauma. I I've been in that position where you're holding the trauma for someone else. And yes. I didn't know at the time how deeply affected I would be now that I've done study and research and taken lots of courses on trauma, you know, I realized how much trauma I absorbed. And so I was just so curious how you recovered or what Mm -hmm. was a turning point? The turning point for me was the $50 moment in terms of God. So in the detail if he can do the small stuff, he really can do the big stuff. Up until that point, I'd I'd been quite fragile. Um, I guess hence sold in the trash can that I was mentioning. Yes. I'd, I'd felt very fragile, um, both in terms of how I was, um, and also in my in my faith. I say that carefully because I never lost faith in terms mm-hmm. of Christ's salvation. Sure. But in terms of whether God would heal Matt, the faith of that. Yes. But when the $50 moment happened, you know, the scripture, um, I think it's Philippians 4, 7, that says the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind. And the literal word is God to guard it. And from the $50 moment, I felt like my peace, the peace over my mind, especially had been guarded. Mm. And so even in moments where it didn't make logical sense to have peace. So I was still being told his organs are in major failure. He's possibly still going to die in those moments. It's not logical to feel peace but I had a peace that didn't make sense. And mm-hmm. it's a peace that surpasses understanding. Right. And it was that peace that really guarded both my heart and mm-hmm. my mind through some very, very dark weeks of my life while Matt was fully recovering. Yeah. Cause I think also like there, uh, as a therapist, I'm always, the layers are always so deep because I think fragile is such a, a beautiful, hard, interesting perfect way to express that kind of situation because you were actually lingering between heaven and earth. And so not only are you 
is all of the relational marriage, all of the family, but your work, because you were there to raise money for a secondary school. So I can only imagine that's not in the forefront of your mind, but you're like, wait a minute, this plan is just all gone, (laughs) blown up in smoke, you know, like, yeah, I don't even know if that was in your conscious, but I would think in your subconscious, it's like, this is everything's being shaken. It was every year of my life yeah. felt like it crumbled. And I know that sounds dramatic to say. No, but, but it, it really did. Suddenly I'm thinking, how do I be a single parent mom? And correct. how do I pay my mortgage at home? And how yeah. do I still carry on doing an, an international uh, work yes. when I've got all these challenges of just putting a roof over my child's head if my husband passes away? Yes. And so, yeah, it was a whole multitude of, of worries and fears mm-hmm. that were incredibly challenging and, and made me feel really fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his peace, God's peace came through in the most beautiful way and carried me. I felt carried through that season very much so. Mm. Yeah. And it's that I got this, you know. Yeah. yeah. God bless that woman. Was a woman that put that money in your hand? Mm-hmm. I love it. So I, don't, I don't know if she was a Christian, but no. wow, am I thankful for her. Wow. She was an angel, I think. <laughs> she yeah, was definitely. An... Yes. So thank you. I just really had to add this in because, um, you know, we don't suffer those things um, alone. And at that time, you had to carry Matthew. Yeah. And Josiah, but Matthew for sure. And I love how God showed up and he said, I've got it. I've got you and I'm going to carry you. So that's why we, we walk in faithfulness though. You know, it's like for, we have no idea those moments are in our future. Mm -hmm. We just could, we have no idea, but it, that's where we practice our faith every day. Absolutely. Because it may have looked like you didn't have a storehouse or, you know, you were wrenching or melting down, but in your core, you did. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's another beautiful message for us to take away, to do the work every day, to practice our faith, to read the word, to study, to minister to God through our worship, all of the things every day to live and breathe God. So thank you for letting me add this on because it just was so good. And I just want to, I really did want to check on you as well and see how you were doing through all of it. So you're welcome. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here for even more great content and resources. Please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.